Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is June the 8th. It is a Wednesday, yes, of the year 2022. And I will be sharing um, what I call episode, it's either six or seven, if I'm not mistaken. I've, I've, I've been so busy and, and, and going through the healing process after my surgery, doing wonderful. And I hope this day finds you and your family well. I am Dr. Kamala D. I am the founder, host, and teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I have been sharing a, an epic series that was taught by Dr. Frederick K.C. Price. He was Dr. Price back then. He started this series entitled Race, Religion, and Racism back in 1997. And he finished it in mid-1998. It was a long series. It lasted about um, 18 months from what I can remember. So we, I picked uh, another episode I want to share with you guys. It is out of sequence of um, how he had it listed. I'm just sharing some of this information so that we can see where racism started in the church and how the church gave its stamp of approval on slavery and racism back in the day. So... Frederick Casey Price started a series and his mission was to prove that there was no justification for it in the Holy Scriptures, in the Bible. No justification at all. So with that said, let's get this truth on the road. Last time we finished up with uh, <clears throat> some very interesting information that was garnered from a particular study Bible, a reference Bible that's been very popular uh, since 1963. My purpose, one of my primary purposes in this series that God has directed me to do is to search out and find the root system of racism that has shown its fruitage in the church. Every outward manifestation has a hidden source, an unseen source. And so we need to find out what has caused racism to not only start in, but to remain in the church ever since 1619, when slavery first began in this nation. And so my purpose is to thoroughly investigate every possible avenue by which racism could have crept in to the body of Christ and has caused the divisions that have been going on for years in the church. This is not personal with me. 
and it is not my purpose to to indicate that you as a person black or white or red brown green or yellow that you are the problem however i know from personal experience that some of us are accessories after the fact though we did not commit the robbery we've been driving the getaway car so that meant that we were in full support of the robbery and you need to be arrested now i i ended up last time with some comments on date dates annotated reference bible and i started moving out from there and i touched on uh, a couple of other things but i want to go back so that we can have uh, continuity in our lesson today i also wanted to refer to another reference bible because see i said it before and i'll continue to say it throughout this series series racism ethnic and color prejudice could have never gained a foothold in america unless the church had okayed or sanctioned it instead of stopping it the church became when i say the church i mean the organized religious world the 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 denominational what we think of as the church when we think of baptist methodist catholic etc 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 that the the organized church and uh, the organized church got right in line with and fueled the fires of racism and gave the slavers the justification for enslaving black people here in america and the church sponsored it now that's again not to say that there were not individual christians individual ministers who spoke out against it but we don't thank god for the individuals but we need everybody in mass to say something see but it's just like it's just like the thing with the with the with the IRS yeah there will never be any changes in the procedures of and what they take away from you that have worked to earn the money they will never change it unless there's a protest it's it's unfair to take 50% of somebody's wages for taxes that's just i mean that's just it's unconscionable i'm using this as an illustration i'm not on not on irs but what i'm saying is it's never going to change you know why because the irs has you so scared that you won't protest but i guarantee you that if every taxpayer in the united states of america decided and got together and said we ain't paying this until you change it ain't nothing they can do cuz they ain't got that many jails they can't put you in jail they don't have enough jails to put you in but see one person one person complaining they just they just shrug that off huh or put you in jail one or the two and they they got you signed i'm using that it's such a perfect analogy that's exactly what's happening in the church See, slavery and racism and racial and color prejudice in America was started by white people. 
Now, don't take this personally. It's hard. I know it's hard. But we got to get down to the cause of this disease or we can never eradicate it from the body. And it's trauma. It's trauma. It'll traumatize your body. You have an operation, physical operation. You have to go in and cut into your body. It traumatizes your system. It takes time to recover from it. But black folk didn't start slavery. Black folk didn't start color prejudice. Black folk are not the one that said black folks are inferior. It was the white folks that did that. Not everybody. We know that. But too many of the white people in this country, Christian, talking about Christian now, who knew it was wrong, did not rise up together and say, no, this is wrong, we're not going to stand for it. They sat by and did nothing. Now, I'm not trying to find fault, but we, we got we to gotta analyze to find out the cause. So we got to all, the whole church, black, white, brown, red, and yellow, has, have got to rise up and say racism and racial and color prejudice is wrong and we're not going to have it anymore. If the church did that, the impact on the world would just be absolutely astronomical. The whole planet would change. But too many want to be considered as one of the good old boys so you don't want to rock the boat and have your beer drinking friends think that there's something wrong with you. So you let the injustices continue on. Now the church has been at the root of this thing. I'm going to show you some things today that you'll be able to see it. See, you don't think I'm just going off on the deep end. Now watch this. There is a Bible. I gave it to you last time, but I want to hook up with this. The Schofield Reference Bible. In the Schofield Reference Bible, copyright A.D. 1917. On page 16, in commenting on Genesis chapter 9, verses 24 and 25, Mr. Schofield states under numeral 5, and I quote, a prophetic declaration is made that from Ham will descend an inferior and servile posterity. Pick up on the word inferior end of quote now let's go and read it we read it last time but let's read it again Genesis chapter 9 because I got some other things to add to this that's going to absolutely blow your boat off the lake Genesis chapter 9 <clears throat> see this was after the flood now you see Bible scholars so called Bible scholars have been the greatest perpetuators of racism in the church. Because people have assumed that they knew what they were talking about. And the average person will not check anything out for themselves. It's called the herd mentality. Whichever way the herd is going, everybody just lines up like a robot and they don't find out are we going in the right direction. The herd is going that way. The majority is going that way. So it must be right. Like the old song says, it ain't necessarily so. You got to check it out. And that's what I did. And it's amazing what I have discovered. Well, you've heard some of it already. All right. Now watch this now. Genesis chapter 9. Now watch this. Mr. Schofield says, I quote, quote, 
a prophetic declaration is made that from Ham will descend an inferior, pick up on that, inferior and servile posterity. End of quote. Now, he gives us scripture, Genesis chapter 9. So, if what Mrs. Schofield said is true, then the scripture references that he gives us, we should find servile and inferior race mentioned. Right? I mean, is that reasonable? All right, let's read the scripture and find the word inferior. See, notice he says, I want you to get this now, notice that from Ham, one of Noah's three sons, and tradition has said that Ham was black, actually cursed black because of him seeing the nakedness of his father. And so God, uh, it's assumed that God pronounced a curse, but actually it was Noah, and Noah didn't even curse Ham anyway, he cursed Canaan, <laughs> not Ham. But everybody assumes that, that Ham was black, and so his, the, the color was the curse, okay? So black is inferior then, because Mr. Schofield says a prophetic declaration is made that from Ham will descend an inferior and servile posterity. Posterity means the children that you have. Your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children, children on down the line. That's your posterity. 27 generations later, that's your posterity. Okay? Now watch this. Genesis chapter 9, verse 24 and 25. We want to find inferior in there. Verse 24. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. Then he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants he shall be to his brethren. Ain't nothing in there about inferior and Ham's name not even mentioned. Now that's just downright dishonest. But the man said, from Ham, an inferior. I didn't see the word inferior. Does that have, do you have that word in your Bible? Now, to show you how strong this is, among white Christians and white people. Now again, this is a mixed congregation. Don't take this personally. You know it's not you. You know whether you have this in your heart or not. Okay? But we ha I have to talk about it. I have to bring it out. I don't mean anybody any harm. I'm not shooting at anybody. And I know it possibly, it possibly could hurt. That's not my intention. But Jesus said the truth will make you free. Amen. But now you heard this, we, 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 we checked up on Mr. Dake over several weeks, and then we just read Mr. Schofield. Now, to show you the reality of this, here's a letter, note that I received from a person. Dear Pastor Price, my wife and I are the mixed couple from Buffalo who wrote you recently. Below, you will find a letter written to my wife two days before our wedding date, 6-18-88. Pastor Price, this letter was very disturbing to me as a new wife-to-be. However, at the time, I chose to keep this letter to myself 
and the Lord and not tell anyone else until 10 years later. Now that's the comment and here's the actual letter that this lady received 10 years ago, two days before her wedding. And we just read, Miss, we just read, I just quoted what Mr. Schofield said. White man, white Bible scholar. We read Mr. Dake. Okay? Dear so-and-so, we have just heard who you are marrying on Saturday and are very, capitalized, underline, comma, very, capitalized, underline, sorry, capitalized, underline, to hear it. Have you taken leave of your senses to marry a black one? didn't even refer to him as a man, as a one. Okay, this is, this is the real stuff here, see, okay? All right, now listen to that. Have you taken leave of your senses to marry a black one? Oh, Laura. I messed up, said the name. Anyway, oh, Laura, you don't know the last name. Oh, Laura, think, think what kind of a life you will have ahead of you. Is it that you are so desperate just to be married that you would cross the color line? What if you have children by this man? What kind of future do they have? Whites belong with whites and black belong with blacks. Give it serious thought before Saturday comes and then it is too late. No, it's believable. Oh, it's believable that you got this stuff here with these Bible scholars telling you the same thing. And nobody wants to admit it and nobody wants to face it. And this kind of crap is just representative of thousands and thousands of other situations like this. And everybody wants you to just bury it, put it under the bed, don't say anything about it, and just let it keep going. See, this is attitudinal. Same kind of thing Mr. Schofield and Mr. Dake were talking about. Have you taken leave of your senses to marry a black one? Think of what kind of life you will have ahead of you. Is it that you are so desperate just to be married that you would cross the color line? What that is. So you think this stuff is not real? This is real stuff. And these Bible people have been the prime perpetrators of the perpetuation of this garbage. Somebody needs to say something. Now, now, if, if you think that's not bad enough. Let me give you another insight. There's another Bible 
produced by another man whose name you will instantly recognize. Pick up on this now. The Holy Bible. Jimmy Swaggart Ministries. Licensed 1983 by Jimmy Swaggart Ministries, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Women of the Bible compiled and written by Lynette, and I don't know how to pronounce the last name, G-O-U-X. Edited by Marvin Solom, S-O-L-U-M. Pick up on this now. B-A, Master of Divinity, M-R-E, whatever that is, and T-H-D. No, I, I don't mean to be funny. I don't know what, the, I've never seen those in this M-R-E. But these are the initials behind his name. And then T-H-D, Doctor of Theology. Produced by Heritage Publishers Incorporated, Dallas, Texas. In the section on Leviticus, in reference, see this was, this was compiled, these notes about women in the Bible, but it was in a Jimmy Swaggart Bible. So that means that he had to okay it and apparently must have been in harmony with it. All right, watch this now. Watch this now. In the section on Leviticus, in reference to a woman named Shelomith, S-H-E-L-O-M-I-T-H, Shelomith, under the heading Contribution, colon, quote, indirectly, this is this woman, Shelomith, indirectly suffered the consequences of the law that God gave to Moses. End of quote. There's a lot more in that little section, but nothing of reference to us. Now, under the next heading, because they do these two headings, contribution and then significance for today, or significance today. Now, check this out. Under the heading, significance today, colon, I quote, although common in the 20th century, mixed marriages are unlawful in God's plan and produce heartache and tragedy. Throughout the Old Testament accounts of family lineages, we find that whenever there was a marriage between people of mixed races, there was also a disturbed situation. The offspring were affected to an even greater degree, in a quote. You wonder why the church in this nation is in such terrible condition. Listen to this. Mixed marriages are unlawful in God's plan. That's just a bold-faced, dirty, God-darn lie. That's as close as I can get and stay saved. Yeah, that, yeah, that close. But I'm in control. I'm in control. But that's a dirty lie. Yeah. That's not Bible. That's racist. Yeah. Unlawful in the sight of God. That's the biggest lie that has ever been told. But that's the kind of stuff that 
Bible scholars, so-called, and Bible teachers down through the years have perpetuated through denomination and through theology, and that's why the church is so screwed right now in its attitude about other people of ethnic group. See, they try to make it something on God. Listen, listen. Mixed marriages are unlawful in God's plan. That's the dirty lie. Oh, but how many people respected Jimmy Swaggart? See, you don't know. They smile at you, take your money. Oh, they'll accept your offerings. You impure, but not your money. You're inferior, but not your dollar. Church is shot full of hypocrisy. People smiling in your face. Now, I told you about your air sick bags before. Get you about five of them now. <laughs> now this one, this one. <laughs> see, we, we need to see. See, people and, and, and people want to get on my case. They don't, don't, you, you shouldn't talk about this. You, you, it's going to cause division in the church. It, it's divisive. You're, you're, you're not acting in love. I'm the only one that is. The rest of you turkeys have been lying to us. I'm telling you the truth. Love, you don't know what love is. Love is telling the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. And if telling the truth is going to divide the body of Christ, then Jesus lied to us when he said the truth will make you free. Moving right along. Now. To show you how pervasive this is. See, this is a white thing. And again, please don't take it personally. But we just got to tell it like it is because the white part of the church is responsible for this stuff. Yeah, you to blame. Gosh darn it, you to blame. <laughs> and you need to, you would need to face it, admit it, and then fix it. Don't just say, let's forget it, fix it. Well, we're sorry, we apologize for it all and all that. No, fix it! I don't give a care if you think I'm mad. Switch off the television and don't look anymore. Somebody ought to get mad enough to say something about it and fix this thing. Over and over and over again, we find in the Bible where when the people got into sin and Israel got into sin, the Bible says the anger of the Lord. Now, if God can get angry, so can his kids.
in the Holy Bible. New King James Version. Copyright 1982 by Thomas Nelson Incorporated in a section at the beginning of the Bible called topical, quote, topical index to the Bible from Genesis to Revelation under reference A, abominations, things utterly repulsive. Listen to this now. Abominations, things utterly repulsive. Under letter B, racial intermarriage. <laughs> now watch this. This is in our ever-increasing faith study Bible. This one I got in my hand. See, you see how pervasive this thing is? I'm sorry. The white church is just shot through with this stuff, and they need to admit it. It's in our Bible. Now, the only thing that saves us from having to throw this Bible away <laughs> watch this now, is that all this is is a topical index. It's not commentary on the Scripture. Are you following what I'm saying? So it's not teaching, but it's not like teaching. You don't have to throw this away. Because it's not like notes in the sense that the person is teaching you and telling you what the scriptures mean. They're just using a heading. But it's just interesting to note, to show you how, how, how this, this, this inferior crap is so interwoven into white society and even in the church that it keeps coming out, keeps coming out. I mean, just, just listen to this. Abominations, things utterly repulsive, racial intermarriage. And then they use Ezra chapter 9, verses 1 through 14. We already read that. We already went through that stuff with, the Dake, with Mr. Dake. Remember that? And the thing was about pagan worship. Had nothing to do with ethnicity. Had nothing to do with races. But see how they do it? Notice how they, do, how they say this? Abominations, things utterly repulsive. In other words, utterly repulsive to God. Racial intermarriage. I hope you're hearing me. Now, <clears throat> I don't personally know Mr. Schofield. I don't know Mr. Swaggart personally. I don't know Mr. Nelson Thomas personally. And therefore, I have no right to call them racist. But I think I am safe in saying that a statement like the ones we've just read certainly muddies the water. Again, I appeal to 1 Thessalonians 5.22. You don't have to look at it, but it tells us to avoid or abstain from the very appearance of evil. Mm -hmm. Hey, guess what? Lying is evil, so they need to stop lying. All of you all have different Bibles. When you have a time, when you have a chance, go check your Bible. We may find some more stuff because it looks like it's, 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 it's been bred into white society. Again, we know it's not everybody. You, you may have come out of a home they never taught you that, but there are a whole lot that did. Where do you think them folks that wrote that lady that letter? What a, what a terrible thing. Two days before your wedding. 
Have you, lo have you taken leave of your senses to marry a black one? Couldn't even say a black man because he ain't a man, he's a one. See, that's a part of the mentality. I'm sorry. I am sorry. But it needs to be uncovered and exterminated. We need to call Orkin. All right. Let's face it, the truth I mean. In America, and especially in the church, the main root of opposition to interracial marriage is not scriptural, but purely racist. Its foundation is built on fear, ignorance, ethnic pride, and a superiority-based attitude. It is a fact that it is deeply rooted in the history of this nation from its very inception. When the first American or African slaves were brought to these shores, the Bible was used then, even as it is being used by some today, we're just reading it now, to show the inferiority of the ethnic black. Now, I want to say it again because we always have new people, and, and you're just hearing a part. I mean, I, this is the, about the 29th, perhaps 29th or 30th message in this whole series. You're just now listening to it today for the first time. You're going to get up on your high horse and get upset and want to act ugly and say, I ain't going to listen no more. You missed, you ought to read the missed 29 episodes, 29 chapters. You don't know squat about what's going on. You need to put a Teflon zipper on your mouth and shut up until you have listened to the whole thing in context. But I want to make it very clear. I have to keep doing this. I want to make it very clear. I'm not pushing for interracial marriage. I don't give a care about it. I said that 15,000 times. I'll keep on saying it. I just want to be very clear on it. So don't think I'm pushing all this to try to get people to get into it. I don't care. Marry a frog if you want. I don't have it. Ain't no sweat off my nose. My problem, my, my challenge is that I don't know why you have a problem with it if somebody decides they want to do it when God doesn't have a challenge. Who are you? What have you created except confusion? Don't you think God is smart enough if he could create a universe and keep it running without attending to it? Don't you think God is smart enough to be able to put in his word? I mean, very definitely, I don't want any other races to ever mix because of their color. It's not in there. It's only in the minds of the so-called Bible scholars and Bible teachers. Lying behind. <laughs> Satan. And his people. Now, because of this misuse, it has opened the door for such books as Message to the Black Man in America by Elijah Muhammad. Copyright 1965 by Elijah Muhammad, where he says on page 94, and I quote, the Bible is now being called the poison book by God himself. And who can deny that it is not poison? It has poisoned the very hearts and minds of the so-called Negroes so much that they can't agree with each other. From the first day that the white race received the divine scripture, they started tampering with its truth to make it suit themselves and blind the black man. It is their nature to do evil. And this book can't be recognized as the pure and holy word of God. End of quote. Now that's, that's, that's somebody on the outside looking at the track record of the church. And because of his track record, it has opened up a door for things like this. See, here's what's happened. The white man 
has not changed the scriptures. He can't. Yeah, the Bible is just like it was when it came from the original writer. It, it's, the, the white man hadn't changed the Bible. What he has done is twisted its meaning. Like what we've read here with these Bible scholars. See, they, they put their interpretation on it. Scripture says the same thing. Well, you got a mind. Read it for yourself. I have. It doesn't say the stuff that these Bible teachers tell us that it says. See, that's their own warped, prejudiced, racist attitude. And whatever you are, you can read that into what you read. The, there's not a thing in the world wrong with the Bible. And it's not, the Bible is not a poison book. The poison comes from the pen of those who attempt to interpret it. That's where the poison comes. The poison comes from there, not from the book. Amen. But obviously being, I, my, my assumption is that this man was not a born again man, so he didn't have the spirit of God to be able to discern. Yes, There's right. nothing wrong with the Bible. Just, hey, just because, hey, just because somebody drives up in a Ford and robs a bank and kills everybody inside and drives off with the money, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with Fords. So you don't want to dismiss and dump the whole Ford motor car company just because some criminals use a car in a getaway. Are you following what I'm saying? So don't throw the Bible away just because somebody like these people that we read about misused it. Read it right and use it right. Don't throw it out just because somebody has attempted to misuse it. The church must learn to think as God thinks. What will the church do with these scriptures? And this was the last thing that we looked at. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. <laughs> oh, that's Fred Price, my Lord. Think whatever you want. Just keep your hands off of the kids. Okay? All right, 1 Samuel, chapter 16. <clears throat> Verses uh, 6 and 7. It says, So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now this was when Saul, King Saul, had messed up, and God had to make a change, and he was bringing David, bringing David on board. And Samuel was the prophet that would anoint the new king. And so this is what God said. Now here is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. To show you, this is so classic that you would have to hire somebody to help you misunderstand this and pay them overtime. Listen, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, if the white man, as some have said, like Mr. Muhammad, if the white man had changed the Bible, then here's the way the white man would have written it. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. 
For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the inward appearance, but the Lord looks at the outside. That's how they would have wrote it. Oh, you missed that one. But they can't touch Did you get that? Can't touch it. <laughs> Did you get that? See, if the white man had changed the Bible, then he would make it fit all of his actions. He ain't changed it. He just misinterpreted it or tried to interpret it to fit his own program. All you got to do is go back and read it correctly. And here it is correctly. God doesn't look at the outward appearance. God looks at your heart. And if you, and here's where we get into a real sticky situation. Because I'm wondering, I'm really wondering, all these, now again, remember this is not personal. So don't take it personal unless you're the one guilty. But I gotta, I've got to deal with it like this. Because you ain't going to deal with it like this. So it ain't going to never get fixed. But I'm wondering about all these white people around the world, and especially in America and in the church in America, that claim their say. I'm talking about the ones that are racist in their attitude, like these people we just read about, these Bible. I wonder, do they really know God? Because, see, if you have the nature of God, you ought, you, you know, you ought to look like God. If you're born of God, you should look like God, act like God, think like God, and talk like God, because you're supposed to have God's spirit in you, and there is no racism in God. So what's it doing in you? Maybe you're just religious. Maybe you're just a Baptist, or a Methodist, or a Catholic, or a Lutheran, or a Congregationalist. Maybe you're just religious. You couldn't know God. You sure can't have, you couldn't know God. You certainly couldn't have the Spirit of God in you, because the Spirit of God in you does not have any racism in it. Therefore, he couldn't inspire it in you. So if you got it in you, then maybe you don't have the Spirit of God in you. I just said maybe. Drop your rocks. And I, just, I just said maybe. I just, I just, you know, just food for thought. Serious thought, though. All right, listen. Now go to Malachi chapter 3. Ah, oh, yes, hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Malachi chapter 3. Now, we just read where it says God does not see as man sees. Remember, we just read it. God says, he said, the scripture said, man looks at the outward appearance, right? God looks at the heart, all right? If that's true, we read that in 1 Samuel. If that's true, then what all these Bible expositors that we've read and all these Bible publishers that we read, apparently, they have been clued in on the fact that God has changed his attitude since 1 Samuel. And though he used to not look at the outward appearance, he has changed his format, and he now looks at the outward appearance. So we ought to see somewhere in the Bible where it says God changed. Is that reasonable? 
Yeah, is that reasonable? All right. Now, Malachi. Malachi is a long way from Samuel. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. For I am the Lord, and I do not change. <laughs> Can you read? Can you hear? Do you read sign language? I am the Lord, and I do not change. So if God didn't look at the outward appearance in Samuel, he doesn't in Malachi. But we could say, Brother Price, Brother Price, Brother Price. Malachi is in the Old Testament. Glad you brought that up. Now let's go to the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 13. I have a question for you. Is Hebrews in the New Testament or the Old Testament? Aha. Ah, so. Now, when Jesus said, when Jesus would walk the earth, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Anybody ever remember hearing that, reading that? He said, I and the Father, we're one. And he said, I always do those things that please the Father. And he went so far as to say, I don't speak of myself. What I have heard from the Father, that's what I'm speaking. Okay. We read it in Samuel. The Bible says, God said he doesn't look as man looks. See, that's what the racist problem is. If we blind all the races, then we wouldn't have no racing problem. We wouldn't have no pre color prejudice problem. It's what they see. They're looking at the outside. Never look at your heart. Never consider your character. Now, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Yesterday. So that means then that God still looks at the heart and not at the outward appearance. So if you look at the outward appearance, I'm frank to tell you, you don't know God. You may know some things about God. You don't know him yet. Because if you knew him and were born of his spirit, you'd have his nature. Amen. Because God would not have raised you a racist. Church, we got a problem. We got a, this is a serious problem. Serious problem. And I've said it before, these folks are shouting and singing and having all these concerts and all this stuff. That's fine. They think they're going to sing their way into heaven. I'm going to tell you, I told you before, I'm going to tell you again, you're blowing in the wind. 
If you think the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back for this racist, prejudiced, lying church, you got another thinking. We, we got to fix this. And you can't pray it away. I said you can't pray it away. Got it. We got to directly confront it. And confrontation is always traumatic, unpleasant, and they don't feel good. But it has to be done. And see, the thing about it is, the sooner we do it and get it over with, we can, get it, we can leave it alone, go on to something else. Then we can go and shout and dance. But until then, we got to fix it. And they ain't going to never fix it till somebody challenges them. That is why I have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. All right, listen up. In a book entitled Beyond the Rivers of Ethiopia, copyright 1993 by Dr. Mensa Otabil, O-T-A-B-I-L, Numa Life Publishing, P.O. Box 10612, Bakersfield, California, 93389. On page 21, makes a very pointed statement, I quote, because of the role organized religion has played in the domination of the black race, there is the cry in many quarters for us to go back to our ancestral religions and totally reject the Bible. That is not the way out. When a man is bitten by a snake, it takes an anti-snake bite serum prepared from a snake to bring healing and restoration to that person. I totally believe that if the Bible was misused and misapplied, that's just what I was talking about, to bind our people, we would need an anti-oppression serum prepared from the revealed truth in God's word to bring healing, liberty, and restoration to us. End of quote. I agree 100% because that is the biblical principle. We have a record of it in the book of Numbers, chapter 21. Turn there now. You don't cure the problem by throwing the Bible away. You cure the problem by taking the truth of God's word and destroying the lie. And that's what I'm about. That's what I'm about. Now, <clears throat> chapter 21 of Numbers, beginning with verse 1. Numbers 21 read, The Canaanite who dwelt in the south heard that Israel was coming on the road to Athram. Then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. So Israel made a vow to the Lord and said, if you will indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord listened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities. So the name of that place is called Hormah. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor 
by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, but we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent. This is the anti-snake serum. Pick up on this now. So then the Lord said in verse 8, Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. And I'm out of time. Well, saints, um, I hope you were enlightened. Um, I want you to remember, I don't have uh, much to say right now, but I want you to remember that God is light. There is no darkness in him. God is full of love. There is no hate in him. God doesn't have any racism in him. And anybody claiming to be a child of God would not have racism in them either. So remember that God is good and he is good all the time. And I hope this day finds you and your family well. Continue to stay blessed and walk in love. I may share another episode, probably Saturday or Sunday. Peace out. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash out the ministry at dollar sign Dr. Kamla D. That is at dollar sign capital D lowercase r capital C lowercase a m a l e capital D and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamla D., serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out.